Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big, and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the founder of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jim Oliver, your host, and my co-host today is Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Um, and it's great to have you on here. I love talking about IBC or talking about cash flow or building wealth or abundance versus scarcity and how we're going to break away. And one of the things that we talk about just about every day is infinite banking and how somebody can take over the banking function in their lives and, um, and create wealth by doing that, either recapturing interest that they would have paid to another entity, um, recapturing lost opportunity costs or eliminating lost opportunity costs. And, um, and, it's, and it really comes down to exactly how am I going to do that? And, um, you know, Nick, one of the things that I think makes us unique at Create Tailwind is not only can we talk basic IBC, how to take over your debts or pay for your taxes or, you know, run your household, but also how to create wealth and also how to run your business using IBC, what we would call maybe advanced IBC. Yeah, thinking long-term, looking at it in a, in, a, in a bigger way than just what's inside the, the walls of your home. Yeah, and you know, by the way, businesses or all households are really run like a business. So when we get into this business owner section, it's really not to say, hey, you're either this or maybe you're not this business owner person. That's not the point. The point is, is that maybe we should run our household more like a business. And how can we take our infinite banking, say, to the next level? And, you know, I think it's really interesting when I see a lot of people out there that are talking about infinite banking and they're great marketers. But quite honestly, I can tell pretty quickly they're really not doing infinite banking and they're not building wealth with infinite banking. And I just wonder, okay, you read a couple of books and you get on a webinar and you're good to go. Well, we can show you how we've bought businesses, bought all kinds of things with infinite banking, how we're literally walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And, and it comes down to, and we say this a lot, is just turning off the noise. The noise is telling you that you only can remain in those four walls of your home, right? And that you can only, you know, finance your cars, finance your college, whatever that is. And we're conditioned to that, but really everyone can, can really grab the bull by the horns and, and do some business, um, you know, implement some business ideas, do some entrepreneurial things that can create uh, passive income, that horizontal income that can lead to freedom, can allow uh, quote unquote retirement to happen a, a lot earlier than what people uh, ever, ever imagine as possible. Absolutely. And, and instead of retirement, as, as we like to say, financial freedom or uh, being financially independent, um, so that our young viewers out there, uh, listeners that are in their 20s and 30s, they don't want to have to think about working till they're 65, 70 years old. 
And if they don't secede from that social security and that whole system, they don't, you know, they, I, I, I would really hate to be around 50 years from now and see how much they're paying in tax in their quote retirement years. So let's just give for the podcast today, Nick, let's go through two examples, kind of IBC as it's really written about a lot as far as let's use it for buying cars because everybody buys cars. And if you're in New York City and you never bought a car and you don't drive, okay, I get it. Let's, you can, you, you're smart enough to put it into another context or another purchase, but everybody else in the United States more than likely buys cars. So let's start with, with that and let's look at an example or how the different options to buy cars, you know, what our options are. Okay. So first we would have you call to, this like a, would you call this like IBC 101? Yeah. Yeah. I like that, Nick, IBC 101. So if we're going to go buy a car, all right, we can, to purchase the car, we could finance it. We could what do you mean by that. Well, we go down to the dealer and we get a loan or a lease, right? A lease is just another yeah. way to finance the car. And yeah. we um, pay payments to a financial institution. Um, and they, uh, they send us a nice little reminder every month or we set it up on auto pay and we pay them yeah. interest over the whatever period that we want because, and then we normally make those decisions based on how big we want our payment to be, what kind of interest rate, uh, the, that the finance company is offering us for different terms or different loan terms, et cetera. And if we lease it, yeah. then we're, we're really, we're really renting the use of the car for a certain amount of time. And the, the finance company is figuring out what the residual value is going to be when we're, when we don't want to lease it anymore, when we don't want to drive yeah. it. Right. Yeah. The, 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 uh, one of the earliest questions you're going to get from the uh, the sales guy is what what monthly payment are you shooting for? That's right. You know, everything's going to revolve around what is that monthly payment? You, you've uh, you've done your budget. You figured out, hey, my uh, my what I can afford is three hundred eighty eight dollars a month or whatever that is. Just that that's that's what you're talking about. It's coming in with that mindset, right? Absolutely. And by the way, if you come in and you say I want a three hundred eighty eight dollar payment. Now, not, nothing against you guys that are in the car business, and I have some friends in the car business, but <laughs> that is not the payment that you're going to come away with. Is it's going to be That's 500 right. or 600, and they're going to they they're they're good at their jobs. They know that if you can afford it, it's going to be five or 600 bucks a month. It is not going to be 388, right? Yep. That's and right. That and it doesn't matter where you start. If you started at a thousand, it's going to be 1500. It's just, that's the way they operate. Then they'll back down and you'll settle at 1350 a month and you'll go, okay, I think I got a good deal. Right. Okay. Cause yeah. hey, there's a reason why car lots are so nice, <laughs> right? These guys are not dumb. Okay. Prime real estate is uh, the biggest dealerships here in town. Not by chance. Right. So what's that's the right. other, what's the other way people generally go in and buy a car? Okay. We could just go in and pay cash. Right. Now we could say and, and that's hey, what that's, that's what the financial entertainers are telling us to do. That's right. And, 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 you know, Hey, I got enough money. I'm going to go pay cash for that car, whatever it is. Again, it doesn't matter to take some of the negotiation out because it's like, Hey, I'm going to pay cash. What's the cash price. 
it doesn't have to go with the payment and it's not the smoke and mirrors as much. It's just, here's the price, buy it, don't buy it, doesn't matter. Now, when I do that though, that money has to leave the account when I just pay cash traditionally and I have what's called lost opportunity costs because I lose the interest that that money could have earned me or that investment return that that money could have earned me whatever account I'm taking it out of, okay? Now, yeah, so you just basically said that we finance it either way, right? We, we finance it either way, right? We either give up interest or we pay interest. There are no exceptions. A very wise man who's going to be 88 years old here about the time that this podcast comes out, R. Nelson Nash, one of our great friends, is um, um, and a great mentor. Um, Nelson reminds of, minds of that, reminds of, of that in his book how to become your own banker or becoming your own banker. Sorry, Nelson is uh, I've only read the book about a hundred times. Uh, but Nelson says we finance every single thing that we buy. We either pay interest or we give up interest that we could have earned somewhere else. There are no exceptions. Now I'm not going to do the Southern draw when he says there are no exceptions. See, I kind of did it, but I can't do it as well as some of our friends. down there. All right. <laughs> I'm a northerner, I guess. Uh, but, uh, Okay. So the other thing that we can do is, well, we could use our IBC system, right? Our infinite banking concept system. Now we call right. that being a wealth creator. And I'll show you why that is the method. All right. So let's just look at these methods. Okay. Now you guys are going to find out really quickly why I wasn't a graphic artist in college because my drawing <laughs> is going to make sense but it's not going to be pretty. Okay. <laughs> for those of you on the YouTube, uh, watching this on YouTube, you're in for a treat here. That's right. This is going to make, yeah, you're, 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 I wish that I had more ability in this area. Okay. Now we all but start. As you, as, as you said though, the, the uh, principle is very sound here and then the, the visual is, is impactful what you do here. That's right. I'm going to use colors too today, uh, Nick. So it's going to be a little prettier than normal. <laughs> all right. So we start, we have two lines on this axis, right? We have time and we have value. Now we all start on the $0 line. So let's take our debtor. Now our debtor, they don't have enough money to go buy the car. So they're going to go finance it. They're going to go buy it uh, and pay somebody interest. Okay. So they, they go, they get the loan and they start to pay back the car. And about the time the car gets paid back, Nick, what happens? They got to go buy a new one. It wears so out. They feel they like they need to go buy a new one. Yeah. Right. Now, Nelson likes to ask this question in his seminar when he used to go around the country doing seminars and showing people and educating people on this is he'd ask you, what was the first car you ever had? You know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We know that your car is going to wear out. But here's something that Nelson also pounds into our heads is if this first car costs X, what is the next car going to cost? X times X plus know, 0.1. Right. Yeah. X plus I go buy the car. I pay it back. And about the time that I pay that one back, it wears out. I got to buy another one and then another one and then another one and then another one. Now, by the way, every time, it gets more expensive. Even if I'm buying the same car, it gets more expensive. But Absolutely. 
I'm probably upgrading my cars. So it's getting more and more and more expensive. And in the beginning, I'm paying interest. Every time that I buy these cars, I'm paying interest and somebody is making a nice living from me, right? And I don't begrudge anybody making a living, by the way. But if we understand what's happening, we'll know what to do. Another great Nelson Nash quote. So something else we could do is we could pay cash for this car. So what we delayed would, gratification. That's right, delayed gratification. In the book, um, A Road Less Traveled, um, Scott, I think it's Scott Peck, is that right? Um, he, he says, uh, if you can delay gratification enough, which is called what? Discipline, you can have anything that you want. Okay. Discipline equals freedom. That's right. Absolutely. So we save up for the car and we buy the car. And where are we at? Zero. zero. Okay. Now this downturn is creates lost opportunity cost, right? Now, as soon as we buy that car, what do we have to start doing? Saving for the next one. Save for the next one. So we save up a little bit more because that doesn't change, Nick. We still want a nicer car. That's right. Um, and, and the and, cars keep getting more expensive. <laughs> and the car keeps getting more expensive. And there's more features. Now, now it automatically charges my iPhone wirelessly. It has Apple Connect, so I can listen to all of my content on my phone, in my car. It has all of these bells and whistles. And not only does it have heated seats, but it has cooled seats, not just in the front seat, but also in the back seat. And my 10-year-old, <laughs> she likes those heated seats in the back seat because you know we do live in South Dakota part of the time, okay? So it just keeps on going up and up and up and our cost goes up, our lost opportunity goes up and every time that we interrupt our compounding, we create lost opportunity cost. Now, this is really unseen because what would our money have grown to? Well, we don't know. We don't even, yeah, we can't wrap our minds around that. We don't calculate that. The interest nope. we could calculate, but we don't, right? And because of this, we have to get out of that trap. So the way that we do it is that we create an account that grows like this, okay, like the blue line, and it has uninterrupted what? Compounding. Uninterrupted compounding, that's right. And then that blue line can be collateralized and we can use other people's money because of, the, because of being collateralized to go buy the car at negotiated rates and we can control it. Meaning we decide what our payment is. We decide how long we pay the car back. We decide all of that. So it's like a safety net. Part, one of the arguments to paying for paying cash is that, hey, if you fall, if life happens and you fall on some tough times, you know, you don't have to worry about your car being repoed. That's right. And in this, in this case, you're getting that as well. You're in control. No one, you know, no one's going to come and take your car if you don't, don't pay your monthly payment or don't pay on the car for a year or more. Right. So the debtor okay. lets the bank control the situation, right? Yep. The saver, the same thing, and the wealth creator, they're in control. Yeah. Now, 
I don't know who said this originally, but whoever controls the money makes the money. It seems logical. It seems basic. So all we have to do is control this and we have to be a wealth creator. And if all we ever did with infinite banking, Nick, is this, well, we would be way ahead of the game. Agreed? Yeah, absolutely. Especially those of us that have many kids. That's right. <laughs> all the cars we're going to finance in the house here. Now, in the Costco household, um, when the time is right, there will be one other way to get a car or the use of a car, and that's a gift, right? Because pop, <laughs> Pops and Mom, are they gonna, they're going to they, they, they're gonna say, hey, you know, uh, uh, I could see Jake saying, hey, you know what? If I had a car, I could drive everybody else around, and this would be so convenient. And so, you know, now that you're getting older, Pops, I mean, you know, you need my help. So I, I'm going to help Jake with that sale when the time comes. <laughs> yeah, well, you just planted the seed because I know he'll listen to this. So I'm sure it's game on already <laughs> in his mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and if you didn't understand you know this, what's... call Jake Costco because he could explain this to you at, at 10 years old. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? You, you've got something on the screen here, and it just it, it's impactful because if you're the debtor and the saver, over time, whether that's 30 years or 40 years, what do you, where do you land? You land back to zero. That's right. right. All right. You're going to need the cars. And like you said, you say this all the time, unless you live in New York city, you're going to most likely need cars. So what do you get when you're the wealth creator? Well, you get to buy those cars and you're way more than zero. You get, I, I mean, what, what is the dollars? You know, it's tens of thousands of dollars. If not, you know, for some of our clients, it's in the millions. You know, Absolutely. over 30 years, if you were, were to look at that, I mean, Nelson walks through that in the equipment financing example. I mean, there literally millions added by doing this process in your life. And you know, so you get, way, you get both. So, the, you know, the equipment financing example is from um, 1984. So the car that are the truck in that example. Now, there's trucks, there's tractors, and there's tree shears, okay, or a tree shear is in that example. The car was about $60,000 or $65,000 with a $13,000 down payment financing $52,600. Now that today could be a car or could be a pickup truck for sure. people, right? So that yeah. example is as timely today as it ever was. And if you haven't had that example explained to you, let us help you understand it because it's so powerful. Nelson illustrates in his book how somebody creates $2 million of additional wealth and they don't change their cash flow $1. If that doesn't get your attention, if that doesn't make you go grab your book right now, then, um, then, then we, we've got to check your pulse and make sure that you can still fog a mirror. Because we got we to gotta get excited about that. Okay. Well, uh, Jim, you, you, we just talked about financing the cars. We called that uh, IBC 101 for everyone just about in life. Okay. Yep. So what we're trying to do here is contrast, like hey, what, what is something that we could call maybe IBC 301 or 401 um, for the, for the business owner? Um, what, what does that look like uh, for the business owner if they implement some of these strategies? All right. So, um, Nick, I like the way you put that IBC 301 or advanced IBC or whatever. I don't know about you, but when I was in college, the basic classes I liked, I mean, the basic principles, 
But I loved when we started to get into the advanced uh, courses to where I could really see some practical impact and you see some big impact. And I think that this is important because um, every business, it has a business cycle. It's normally 12 months long. Um, It normally starts in January and ends in December, but but it doesn't have to. It could start in, in June and end, or I mean, in July and end in June, a number of things, but we're going to keep it simple. And remember that you're running a business when you're running a household. So it's kind of the same thing. So just know that these principles don't turn the podcast off right at this point. Watch this. And even if you're not here yet, um, you will be. Okay. So we're going to call it because we're so creative XYZ company. And here's our 12 month cycle. And we're just going to say it's January to December. Now, the goal of this business is to create profit, right? But unfortunately, we have to pay tax, or if the IRS is listening, then fortunately, we get to pay our tax. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And the goal is after that to have a residual profit, right? Paid for the business owner to have, that's what what they've worked their rear off for. That's right. That's right. And, and this is what ever, the goal is for every business is to make money. Okay. Now here's one of the challenges is that business is seasonal. It has a high season and it may have a low season for sales and their revenue and their accounts receivables. Okay. Now, because of this, that creates a challenge. It's not just a flat line and the money comes in consistently and the business owner just says, well, I got money coming in. I got money going out and I have my residual and it's nice and easy, clean, no problem. But because of this, we have to have some kind of cash flow system. So how are we going to control the cash flow? Because maybe 65% of our business or more comes in in one or two months out of the year, right? Okay. Okay. Because here's part of the problem, Nick, is the payroll and the rent and other expenses might not be in the same season as our sales and our revenue. In fact, it might be the same every month. Yeah, I was sorry to say it's more consistent. It's more consistent. Right. And managing and making payroll and everything it in paying rent and paying all your other expenses, a part of it comes down to how your accounts receivables come in. And sometimes they could be 30, 60, or even 90 days late. Now, yep. when they're 90 days late, what's the business owner doing? <laughs> he's, he's calling the bank. He's calling the bank, he's, but he's panicking to some degree a little bit. Like, hey, are right. these people gonna pay us? Now, and one of the, um, and so, because, you know, here's the other thing is you have accounts payable to say your suppliers. Now, get, I'll your, give you, you an example. heavy yeah, call on everybody. Now, by the way, if you don't pay your bills, then maybe somebody doesn't want to do business with you or maybe your pricing changes, which would affect your residual. Now, let me give you an example of this, Nick, is um, in one of the companies that I own, um, we do business, me and uh, my business partner, we do business, we buy things from um, China. 
And let's say that we send the Chinese an invoice for a million dollars. Now, they might think that the invoice should be $970,000. Now, you would think that they would just pay the $970,000 and then we could argue over the 30 grand, right? Which would help mm -hmm. our cash flow. But that's not how they do it. They, they don't send us anything <laughs> until we resolve it. Now, again, I, uh, I haven't spent a lot of time in this international business, but when I learned that, I thought, that doesn't make any sense, but that's the way that it works. So um, it's a game that they play. But because of that, if I called our suppliers and our payables and said, hey, I'm just waiting to get paid from these guys in uh, Asia, uh, so I, as soon as you, uh, I get paid, you'll get paid. They'll say, oh, yeah. sure, yeah, that's not going to work for us. All right, so because we have to have credit from our suppliers for merchandise, and we got to pay them per the terms of the credit, even if we're not paid, then we need what? For cash flow management, it's almost always necessary to involve the commercial bank for lines of credit and loans. Now, what do I mean by that? What's the difference? A line of credit is interest only and a loan is amortized. Can a line of credit be turned into a loan? Yes. Absolutely. Who gets to make that decision? Mm, the bank. The bank. When do they make that decision? When you want them to the least. When you need them the most and when, you, <laughs> when things don't go as planned. When they We're get nervous have to go about convert that you loan. paying them back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, I'm a little worried that Jim can pay us back. So let's go ahead and convert that line of credit because we were really nice about that. And let's get our money back over three years. Something yeah. like that, right? And that's, you know what? That's right. We're kind of worried about Jim. Um, so we're going to make the interest just slightly higher so that we can get our money back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But we have to have this for cash flow management, right? And I mean, I know, I know even nonprofits that have lines of credit open just, just in case. Just in case, right? Whether you use it or not, just in case. So again, you have right. two different loans. The bank controls the amount of those loans, the terms of those loans, whether it's a line of credit or an amortized loan, the bank is in control. Now, what did I say about who controls the money? Whoever controls the money they makes make the, the they money. make the rules and they make the rules, right? It's the golden rule. He with the gold makes the rules. Again, go back to right. Nelson Nash's book, becoming your own banker. Now here's the other thing about the bank too. They're greedy. They're greedy. They say, Hey, the sales and revenue, you, you better be depositing it in our bank. And you're like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. You're, you're my bank. You're my banker. <laughs> right? Now they know something. They know yeah. something else. Now, by by the way, does the bank just say, "Hey, you got a great idea for a business, and it looks like everything's going good, and so we'll go ahead and give you money"? No, that's no. not how the bank works at all. And by the way, too, every ninety days they're looking at you, saying, "Show us your books," because we want to make sure we should still be giving you money, right? And they yeah. are they're they're auditing what's happening in your business. Okay, now. 
the bank is not dumb. They do not give somebody money unless it is secured. Now that means we need collateral. If we think back to how an insurance loan works, we have something of value, an asset, which is collateral. We collateralize that and the, and the bank or an infinite banking, the insurance company puts a lien on our asset. In the insurance contract, it's the cash value. Here, it could be a lot of things. It could be your merchandise or your inventory. It could be land, property. It could be labor. You know, you, your personal guarantee could be capital or equipment. But if something goes wrong in a bankruptcy, the bank is secured. They're going to get their money. Now, the supplier is not secured, right? I mean, they're unsecured. They're in a bankruptcy. Sure. They're going to get pennies on the dollar. Whatever's left over. Whatever's left over. That's exactly right. Okay. This is how businesses work. Almost every business in the United States, this is how businesses work. So all that we show businesses how to do is to do this. Have an alternative bank. Now, the alternative bank isn't controlled by the banking system or the commercial banker. It's controlled by you. And you have loans and lines of credit that you dictate the terms. No line of credit can be forced into conversion to a loan. Only you can make that decision. Now, here's another cool thing about this bank is there are tax benefits. And we'll tell you more about that if you want to understand how to build this alternative bank. Flexible loan terms, meaning you decide. And this account, it pays interest and dividends. Now, if I just, if I stop here with a, with, a, with a business owner and I say, is there any reason, Nick, why you wouldn't want to have this alternative bank that you control versus the commercial bank? No, there's no reason why I wouldn't want that. Right, but what's one thing that we hear, Nick? Uh, there's got to be a catch. What's, what's, what's the catch? Sure. Well, one, you have to build that alternative bank, that, the, that money pool. You have to build it. You have to capitalize it, right? That's one thing, but that's okay because we have capital as a business owner, typically, yeah. okay? But the other thing that we hear is, well, my commercial bank, it's insured, it's secured, right? All right, so I don't want to burst your bubble here at the end of our recording, but let's look at something really quickly here. The FDIC, okay, the reserve is $88 billion. Okay. That sounds like a lot of money. Sounds right like now. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I'd like that to be my uh, checking account balance. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but here's the problem with that reserve amount. Is the total U.S. bank deposits that that's insuring is $7.1 trillion. Mm. Again, um, that's about 1%. Or so. So that means that yeah, your money is 1% of it is secured. Okay, so it's really not secured. Now, when I look at this and I think to somebody, hey, how am I going to build my own banking system? And why would I want to do that? Why would I not want to do it? And what's the catch? Well, I got to learn how to do this. 
And, and regardless, Nick, if you're at the one-on-one level or you're at the advanced IBC level, you have to learn how to do this. So if you wanted to go learn how to be a better golfer, what would you do? I'd hire a coach. I would hire a coach too, or a guide. Or have you ever heard of a business consultant to help you grow your business? Well, that's, sure. that's really, you need that. Because if you don't, you're going to make mistakes unintended that have unintended consequences. You don't need to make mistakes. Borrow somebody else's experience. Taking it all the way back to the very beginning is we do this. You've, you've bought multiple cars using, using your IBC system, right? As you have. As I have. And we've bought real estate and businesses and um, invested in business opportunities and grown businesses and used it for cash flow management of businesses. We've used it for all these things and we can show you how Absolutely. to do that too. And that's why Absolutely. it's so important to go to createtailwind.com and learn how to do this and to get the help that you need. Now, the other thing is, is that if you really, if, if you learn something on this podcast or something intrigued you, or you just enjoyed listening to it of the silky sound of our voice is, uh, <laughs> is, is share this podcast with somebody else. Absolutely. And then, you know, because I'll tell you, one of the things that we try to do is we try to give more than we receive. Right. Absolutely. And I, I want everybody out there to give. And it, our promise to you is that if you give this podcast to somebody and they learn something or they have a question, they can call us, they can set up time to meet with us, no obligation, right? We will answer their questions, coach them with no expectation of anything in return. Now, if they decide they want to become their own banker and they want to either be the basic infinite banking person or the advanced infinite banking person, we can help them implement that and do that for them, with them. Well, I Anything appreciate the been... example you've set. I appreciate the example you've set with all of that because it's a it's been a gift to to my family, my my uh, my friends, and to the many people that we're sharing this with. Because not too many people do business like that, and uh, it, it's been a, a, a genuine gift to us. You know, um, yeah, and and I I agree with you. You know, I learned from Nelson Nash. Nelson has given me so much information, so much time, so much knowledge. He's never asked me for anything in return. And he has been an incredible mentor and teacher and, um, and thank God for Nelson Nash. And so that's one of the reasons that we have the same attitude is of giving that we learned again, partially watching Nelson and how he spreads this message. So, um, Nelson, if you're out there listening, um, then uh, one, happy birthday, because this should be coming out around your birthday. And then two, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So until next time, if you want to learn more about infinite banking, createtailwind.com. I encourage you to go there. And next time, we'll have some more information to help you break away from the herd and to build your wealth, not somebody else's, like with Wall Street. Nick, thank you so much for your time. And thank you your input. I enjoyed it as always.
Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.